like these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Glad you are here. Time to talk about joint practice again. And there was a lot of things going out uh, on social media, going crazy about what is happening with the 49ers quarterbacks. And, of course, there'll be some of that conversation, but I want to talk a little bit more nuanced as well because the 49ers basically – just took their first team through a preseason game with the amount of reps that they were giving to Brock Purdy and the amount of work that they were getting in for their first team. Uh, they were going about it in a big way. And so I think that it's, it's something that we can get into and have a conversation about and just kind of work through what happened in joint practices, where the 49ers are going and, and what's next, because now they've got through another big hurdle of joint practices and, and that's okay. Uh, so let's let's get into all the conversation about what happened at joint practice. And of course, you know, Brock Purdy's a big a big conversation point for a lot of people right now because, you know, he's he's thrown some interceptions and he threw some interceptions today. And one thing about it is he's consistently uh, been able to make good throws. And then he's had some times where, you know, some of these passes have gotten away from him. Maybe he was uh, trying to do something that he doesn't normally do or taking chances over the middle where most of his interceptions were today. But Brock Purdy having interceptions uh, in training camp and joint practices is kind of the norm. This would be what I would expect if Trey Lance was the quarterback or Sam Darnold was the quarterback or in passive Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. Uh, because when it comes to these practices and joint practices, you can't view practice like a game situation. If you're playing in a game, you don't want to make mistakes. You want to make sure you do everything up to the best uh, capable, uh, best, best of your abilities. You want to make sure you execute at a high level. So turnovers would be very much frowned upon if you were playing in a, in a game. You can't have those situations happen. At practice, it's not the same situation. So what you want at times for some of these quarterbacks, and this goes for other positions as well, is for them to push themselves to see what their capabilities are. It was very famous a couple of years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo threw a bunch of interceptions, and he also was getting hit uh, by media members for throwing passes high and outside. And finally, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, hey, look, I'm asking Jimmy Garoppolo to throw passes high and outside because that's going to get them away from the defender. That's going to protect the receiver. And it's going to uh, give us an opportunity to see what Jimmy can do and if Jimmy can make these precise throws. So understanding exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants from each one of these uh, throws is important. Now, of course, with all things, Brock Purdy, he doesn't want to throw interceptions. He wants to get the ball to his playmakers and have them sufficiently make plays for him. However, at some times, some of these plays just aren't going to work out. And when you are going into joint practices, you know you're going out there with a set of plays which you plan on running, and you're going to try to adjust to what the defense is doing. So you come up to the line of scrimmage, you see they're in a cover two, and you know which routes or potentially which play if you're able to adjust plays. I don't even know 
they had the freedom to do that. Uh, so you don't even know if he could Brock Purdy could get them in the best play, but you adjust your uh, play normally or know which routes are going to be able to be successful against the coverage. Uh, it, it that's how it works for joint practices. When it comes to game situation, you already usually know what the defense is going to do uh, as far as in their secondary. You can somewhat influence it by personnel groupings, motions. Uh, you're also going to scheme to get matchups. So it changes the game entirely. There's a reason that 49ers quarterbacks often throw the ball to wide open receivers. And part of the reason is Kyle Shannon is one of the best at scheming up his system, running play action, getting movement along the offensive line to protect his offensive line in protection, and then being able to take advantage of voids over the middle of the field. So if this was week one against Pittsburgh and Brock Purdy threw three interceptions, then I would be on here concerned uh, because that is something you can't have from your starting quarterback in game situations. Since we're talking about joint practices, I think a note of it, and this is something that he's going to have to continue to work on and monitor, uh, but we're not dealing with a schemed offense that's going to be attacking a Raiders defense. So I think that's something to always remember when we're going through. Um, and thanks, everyone, for who's in chat right now. What's up, uh, Kels? How's it going? He says, hey, everyone, Molly Wop that like button. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming through, Kels. You do a great job with your show as well. And if you haven't checked out uh, Kels, go check it out. Uh, go check out all the things that he's involved in, lots of stuff. What's up, Randy Daytona? He says, Ant, you're a class act. I really appreciate that so much. Uh, traffic, how's it going? Yeah, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, Josh is in the house. He says, Ant, my brother, what's up? Uh, hey, doing good and uh, ready to talk about this. And so James has a question here, and he says, should we worry about Kyle running CMC into the ground? Has any other running back established themselves? You should not worry about uh, a CMC being ran into the ground. So when I was out at training camp, the 49ers did an absolutely great job of managing Christian McCaffrey's reps. In fact, he was more off onto the side doing his own personal workouts or just giving extra instruction to running backs than he was actually participating in practices because he, he's been monitored. They've been giving him days off. There was days he didn't work with 11-on-11s. Don't worry about McCaffrey as of now. Now, into the regular season, I don't know exactly how Kyle is going to plan to use Christian McCaffrey. I haven't really got into uh, Pittsburgh yet and what their film looks like. And so I think that once we get into what Pittsburgh's defense looks like, we'll have an understanding of what they're trying to do with McCaffrey. I think at times McCaffrey is going to have big games and lots of touches. And then I think there's going to be other times where it's other guys. And yes, the other running backs have been looking good. So Elijah Mitchell has looked fantastic until he had the adductor strain. He was looking really good. Uh, same goes for Jordan Mason. Uh, same goes for Ty Davis Price. So they definitely have the talent at the running back position. And Kyle has felt comfortable going ahead and getting these guys the football. And how do I know that? Because Ty Davis Price was catching the ball in the backfield today uh, with the first team. He was getting involved. We've seen Jordan Mason do the same thing. So uh, he's willing to use these guys now that they have an understanding of the protections that they're going to have to provide and helping in pass protection. It's definitely a different running back room. I think Kyle feels more confident with what Anthony Lynn has done uh, to get these guys up and capable and ready. And I think that's why you've seen 
a Jeremy McNichol signing earlier this week and then moving away from a young guy like Ronald Awad as they know they can count on McNichols in third down protection situations. And Kyle is going to have Trey Lance and Sam Darnold out there, and he wants to make sure they're safe. And so uh, knowing that he's going to have those guys out there competing for a roster spot, competing for you know second and third string, respectively, he's got to make sure that he has guys out there capable of protecting his quarterbacks and protecting 49ers investment. So good question, James. Um, Josh says, let's hear how Ayuk was dicing him up. He was. Ayuk had himself a really good day, just like always. This is just what Ayuk does. Um, there was some times today where the offensive line struggled. No Trent Williams out there meant there was going to be some you know, opportunities to get pass rush on the 49ers, and that happened. And you got to remember, I, I didn't catch yet if Jalen Moore is playing, but even if he did play, he's coming off an injury. So the 49ers definitely have some question marks about their left tackle. That's something you know, behind Trent Williams are going to have to work on. In this category, it could have been Leroy Watson, you know, Ill Manning. <laughs> so there's a lot of work there. But Ayuk had four receptions from Purdy today for 58 yards. That's not surprising. Debo Samuel, three receptions for 50 yards. And Jawan Jennings had a couple of catches for 30 yards. And, of course, yesterday, Jawan Jennings uh, was the big winner. And thanks so much, Bryant, for coming through. Bryant Culp in the house, and he does a show as well. Go check it out. So smash that like button, everyone, and I really appreciate that. 49ers cut back on Believe. Uh, so thank you guys so much for coming through. And I, I like all the I like all the things coming through, all the questions. They're really good. Uh, Randy says, a certain content creator says Kyle is keeping Brock out because he wants Sam and Trey to fail. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I, I, he doesn't want Sam and Trey to fail. There's no benefit for Kyle Shanahan for Sam, Sam Darnold or Trey Lance to fail. The benefit for Kyle Shanahan is for him to have the most comprehensive uh, quarterback room, like the, the best, right? Uh, these guys got to be able to execute at a high level, all three of them. Uh, you want these guys ready and capable because if something happens, heaven forbid, to Brock Purdy early on in the year, whether that is an injury or performance base, you need capable backups to come in and play. So it makes the most sense for Kyle Shanahan to prop every single one of these quarterbacks up and do the best he can for them. Part of that, though, is having Brock Purdy uh, get these reps during practice where it's more controlled, where he can protect Brock Purdy's health, and he can give opportunities to Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Yeah, preseason games can be all over the place, uh, but I think that it's going to be a nice attack, the way that Kyle's going to go about it. He's going to give a real good look to Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, and in the grand scheme of things, he wants both of them to be successful. There's no upside for a coach in any professional sport to make one of their players look bad or for to not help their player succeed. Uh, so I think he is trying to help all of them succeed, and I think that's what we're going to see on display at preseason. I'm, I'm really excited to see Trey, really excited to see Sam Darnold and you know what they can do to help this 49ers football team. And I think there's going to be a lot of players that are looking to make the team. They're going to be trying to do good, and same thing goes – also for, uh, you know, the, the quarterback situation. Traffic says, what about the kick returner? Any idea who's going to be back and fielding kicks week one? So, yeah, I've, I've heard the normal names. I've been kind of formulating my opinion on it. And I think it's going to come down to a couple of factors. First off, traffic, it's going to come down to who's playing best on the field. So uh, one of the ways you can be fielding kicks is if you are going to be a part of this 53-man roster. I think Kyle Shanahan has proven in the past 
He doesn't like carrying players just for return duty. So it's not going to be a return specialist. He's going to want somebody that is an active member of his 53-man roster. It doesn't matter if that player's a wide receiver, a running back, or a defensive back. He's going to want them to be a part of that roster, but then they can handle those situations. On the depth chart, from what I've seen from training camp, the number two returner would be Willie Sneed. And with Willie Sneed's ability at a wide receiver, I think he's a real option. Now, I have thrown out an idea because you have to get Ray Ray McLeod to the IR, so he needs to be on your active 53-man. The 49ers could approach Willie Sneed, say, hey, man, we're going to release you. We will sign you once we get Ray Ray McLeod onto the IR. We will bring you back. You will be uh, what, part of our receiver room, and you will hand off, handle the kickoff and uh, punt return duties. He's very secure with the catches. He has ability to shake free at times. Is he as dynamic as McLeod? No, uh, but to me, he would make sense. The other guys in the mix are Ronnie Bell, but he has to prove that he can make this team. Kyle said yesterday during his presser that, hey, he looked pretty good. You know, He's improving for a rook, but there's still those mistakes he's making as a rookie. And we know how Kyle feels about rookie a wide receiver. And so he's got to prove that he knows where to line up and what to do. And with Ray Ray being out, we're not talking about Ronnie Bell being a sixth wide receiver, but potentially a fifth. And then, of course, a lot of people's favorites, Deshaun Jamison, the cornerback. I think there's a likelihood now that he has a really good chance to make this team with the way that they're going about uh, Darrell Luter Jr. and maybe keeping him on the pup list. Jamison could make this roster, which means he's in the mix to be that return guy. So good question overall traffic. I like it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kelt says, why do some freak out on Trey over uh, for a overthrow to a trainer in footwork drill, but Brock throwing picks in joint practice? No biggie. I don't think anyone should get worked up about either one, to be honest. Uh, to be honest with you, the the throw with the trainer where he's, you know, he's doing the drill. I've seen him execute that play, you know, a hundred times. Uh, every time I go to practices, he's been able to execute the play. I think it's just the kind of sometimes people just get overblown on, on certain situations. Uh, I think you always got to take into account what's going on and with drills, especially, I mean, there's no reason to criticize somebody's uh, ability during a drill. I mean, they're trying to get better actively. What you want to see is what happened with the next one and what happened with the next rep. Did he get better? And if he got better, uh, then that's all you want. Uh, when I was coaching for many years, I used to tell all the guys that would come through, I would say, okay, you know, that you did a good job on this, but you can improve on this and this and this. Uh, it was not often that you got a perfect rep. You're striving for that perfect rep. And when it comes into these practices, you're going to make mistakes. And I think a lot of times fans approach joint practices and, uh, and 11 on 11s at practice as game situations. And so they want results to be game type situation so they want you no interceptions no drop balls everything's good and that's not reality especially in practice coaches are working on certain things uh coaches want to see certain things and then players are working on making sure they're getting their stuff down so it's not a results-based business in practice it is a results-based business in the game so if we were talking about three picks in a game i'd have a problem with it if we we're talking about trey lance overthrowing someone so terrible in a game uh, we have a little bit more to talk about. But with all things, you make a mistake, you come back the next rep, and you execute it at a high level, and you forget about it. You're going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, especially in sports. But a uh, good question. I think sometimes people can, you know, kind of overblow things, and that's okay. Uh, not really worried about it. 
Oh, what's up, Seth? How's it going? I haven't seen Seth in here for a while. He says, congrats to the pro sports fans move. Can we expect anything new with different content? So over on the app, you're going to get a game day content. So I will be doing uh, you know, a lot of game streams uh, with like a lot like the Manning cast. It's going to be me and Mark Adams. We're going to be going over what's happening in the games, giving uh, live up-to-date commentary. Also, there's going to be a ticker there showing exactly what's going on in the game. So you can watch the game at your house and still get commentary for, from us about what's going on. And also, there's going to be – we're going to have content all the time on the app, very interactive, and a weekly show that's on the app as well. So uh, lots of content coming your way. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that more once the – app officially drops on android i have an android and so i'm not able to interact the way i would like to uh but that's going to happen here in the next week or so um let's see lots of good questions here james says right here what would it take for trey to get the start at qb1 or is it pretty much a done deal at this point i think this has been a very a good question that a lot of people have had and i'm going to keep it as real as i can brock purdy executed as well as a rookie quarterback, especially, but really as much as a, a good veteran quarterback could execute over the eight games at which he played. He just did a very good job. It's very hard for a player like Trey Lance, and it could be anyone, insert any name. It doesn't have to be Trey Lance to come in and then, you know, take over that job without getting those game reps. Uh, if, if Trey Lance had, you know, been awesome through four games and then had an injury I think we would have more of a conversation about this being just a complete open competition because Trey showed it and Brock showed it. But because Brock showed it during games, that is the film that means the most. So even though Trey Lance could have a perfect training camp, complete every single pass, it doesn't mean he's going to be able to take, overtake Brock. What it does mean, though, is by having a really good training camp and then doing very well in these preseason games, he can put Kyle Shanahan on notice that he is capable and ready in case something happens with Brock Purdy. So if Brock Purdy doesn't live up to those expectations he set for himself last year, then Trey can be there and waiting. But no, it's it's hard to say, hey, I've seen a guy produce uh, during, the, during the regular season and during the playoffs, but someone's going to come in during practice and overtake him. It's just not likely. That would be like you going to your job and performing at the top level, getting all top stars for everything you're doing during your evaluations. And then you go to a training offsite and you do bad as somebody uh, surpasses you and takes your job. And they just overlook what you've done over those two months where you've gotten all those great uh, awards. I think sometimes that's just, you know, it's unrealistic. I think a lot of people want Trey to have an opportunity. And right now, the most opportunity he's going to have is these preseason games. But uh, just like with all things, you know, Steve Young, he had to wait years for his opportunity when he got it. He took advantage of it. And you just have to be ready and hopeful that you're going to get that chance. But good question. Um, I think that's, you know, kind of one of those things that it just continues to develop this quarterback situation. Um, it's unfortunate that, you know, it's so kind of one way or the other. I think a lot of times, we just got to look at it as a quarterback room as a whole, them improving. We want to see all of them do good. I want to see Brock Purdy succeed. Uh, but if Brock Purdy struggles, then I want to see Trey succeed. And I want Trey to succeed the whole time behind him. So I want capable bodies to be able to play. The coach in me doesn't want anything else. And I think that's how 49er fans have to 
to see it. Like, yeah, I want Nick Bosa and I want Drake Jackson to tear it up. But all the while, I want Cleveland Farrell getting better, Austin Bryant getting better, you know, Javon Kinlaw. I want everyone getting better because overall, you're going to need those players at some point. So uh, the value of a team is one to, at this point, 69 because of the way they use the practice squad, not so much just those 11 starters on each side of the ball. Uh, and um, Traffic says, thanks for the answer. And I must say, I love the question being shown on the bottom of the video. Now love the upgrades, man. Of course, always looking uh, to continue to you know up my game. And I'm having a lot of fun interacting with everyone right here on the live stream. So thanks so much, Traffic. Um, yeah, <laughs> Bryant says, you know, Trey fumbled yesterday. I don't think anyone blew up. And when it comes to the Trey fumbles, I'll, I'll be honest, when it comes to center exchange, this is something that has been a problem throughout football history is whenever you deal with a quarterback dealing with different centers, and Kyle even said that one of those reps was with John Feliciano and one of those reps was with Nick Sakel. just overall getting the feel. A lot of times these centers, they take a step forward and you have to allow your hands to go with them underneath. Of course, it's their job to get you the football, but there's a lot of technique and nuance that goes to that quarterback center exchange. And as somebody who used to play center and then uh, coach offensive line for years, it's a lot of times it's seen as being just such a normal part of the game. You don't realize how important it is. And so those things happen, especially when you go from different quarterbacks, to different centers, they'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why it shouldn't be blown up. Those types of fumbles, those are things, you know what you say? Hey, I want you two to go over there and I want you to go get an extra hundred snaps and make sure that this doesn't happen again. So it, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You don't really worry about it. It happens. And um, you just continue to move on as you you know, go through these things. Uh, Josh says, heard the running backs and tight ends were killing the Raiders, linebackers, and safeties. Yeah, I've, I heard pretty much the one-on-one -on -one drills, which I'll be honest with you, are absolutely awful for defensive players. You have so much field uh, that you've got to line up and cover, especially for you know the linebackers and safeties where they're catching or covering running backs who now get free releases off the line, don't have to go through – uh, offensive linemen or defensive linemen to get to their spots. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is pretty much unstoppable. Kyle Juszczyk is tough to guard because how many fullbacks can do what he can do. Uh, but yeah, the 49ers have talented tight ends and running backs that can get open. And that's going to be a problem for a lot of teams in the league. So what I said, Bobby Wagner, is probably already having nightmares about Christian McCaffrey because I just don't know how you go ahead and stop him. But yeah, they're doing an excellent job. And that's what needs to continue. Uh, 40 yards players just need to keep executing. And I think it's going to be uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, Rich says, the, the roster is the best since 94, in my opinion. It's Super Bowl time. Hopefully all the quarterback controversy isn't the downfall. Noise matters and can unite a team. Can also become dividing and draining. So usually what you hear in the media is not what you hear inside a locker room. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you will hear all kinds of things. And, and with the way that social media is now, it intensifies and enhances every single conversation. Narratives are often pushed. Uh, things are overblown. Some things are underplayed. Uh, but when it comes down to it, what happens within that locker room is what's important. When it comes to the 49ers locker room, this is one of the strongest locker rooms uh, that I've ever seen. And so they're going to be able to navigate what happens in the media. They don't really care about it. Uh, so it'll either motivate them or they'll just insulate themselves to not hear any of the noise and just continue. 
and I don't think it's going to end up being a problem. I don't think the quarterback controversy will divide this team because they've learned how to deal with it through the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey situation, and I think they're just really based and ready to handle it. I don't think anything's getting in the way of this 49ers team unless they come out and they just really struggle through the first eight games, which I don't think is possible. I think the 49ers finally got the offense and defense a combination to be able to be very tough to beat this season. So James says, uh, do you stream? I wouldn't mind shooting the S with you on game days. I don't know anyone uh, in England who enjoys NFL to the level that I do. Yeah, so you can, you're going to, I'll end up sending it out, but you can come over uh, to the app. I'm going to be on the PSF app uh, doing shows with Mark Adams from 49ers Camelot. He also writes for 49ers Web Zone. We're going to be doing about eight or nine games, and then there's supposed to be another group that's doing the other games. Uh, so I'll let you guys know exactly what games are going to be on there and which games are going to be streaming, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm looking forward to interacting with everyone that wants to come through and has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of time to come through on the game and just really enjoying it. Uh, Rob D says, "Does anyone know if they're live streaming the game on Sunday?" Not that I know of. I have seen that question asked a lot. Uh, that I'm not aware of. So I, if I hear anything, Rob, I will try to get it out to you so that way you can catch the game for sure. Uh, let's see. I don't want to miss anything that's on here, but uh, we're getting some good ones. Steve-O says, it won't be the quarterbacks this year. It's Kinlaw's year jump onto the train. Kinlaw looks fantastic. So, yeah, defensive line, uh, Kinlaw's look good. And, you know, the 49ers did sign a new defensive lineman today. The 49ers signed defensive end Breland Speaks. Uh, Breland Speaks comes from the USFL. 49ers made a corresponding move. Uh, they they put Anthony Averett, the cornerback, on the IR, season-ending IR, so I'm sure there'll be a settlement with that. Uh, they've had two cornerbacks that they've done that way and one defensive lineman. So Breland Speaks comes in. I'm guessing he's a lot for depth during uh, training camp and during the preseason, and we'll see what ends up happening. But nine sacks uh, in his USFL time led the league, and so that's good news you know, as far as what he can provide. He's got a good motor from what I watched. I went and watched a little bit of him. The motor's what stood out to me, so he sounds like a Caseric guy. He needs to work a little bit on his technique, uh, lacks a little bit of the explosion and bend off the edge that I normally would like, but he's a guy that's a hustler. And those type of guys you know, can potentially be someone you put in your Rolodex, and if something happens later on in the year and you lose a few players, you could bring him, you could bring him up or bring him back. And so I think that's what, that's what the 49ers are trying to do here uh so far and josh says any jair brown uh updates for joint practices no i haven't heard anything about um jair brown to be honest with you i i, I haven't heard anything and i think i'm just going to continue to wait uh no news is kind of what i was expecting to be honest josh even though i've been excited about what he would do in contact i think that he's been somewhat growing and developing lately and i think that's what we're looking for from jair I think it's going to be a slower process than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought he was going to step in day one and just be able to compete with Deshaun Gibson. That's not the case. His body, though, fantastic. I mean, the dude's built. He he reads pretty good. He's good in run fits. I think where we got to get there a little bit in coverage. Uh, we've seen some guys get some separation on him and be able to take advantage of him a little bit. I think that's going to change the more reps he gets, and he's going to learn a lot from Gibson. He's going to learn a lot from Hufanga and probably Odom as well. So I'm looking forward to training camp. I'm sorry, preseason games. 
to watch Jair Brown. Uh, but from what I saw at training camp, this is a guy that's growing and developing, and we shouldn't expect anything too much from him until we get maybe like 10 games in the year. Then that's when I think Jair Brown can start making an impact in three uh, safety looks and coming in the box as well. So right here we got um, Kelt says, what's up with Kalia Davis? I haven't heard a word on him. So Kalia Davis has a hamstring. Uh, he injured his hamstring early on in training camp, so he's become a non-factor. The 49ers had a few hamstrings on the defensive line. Uh, Austin Bryant, Kalia Davis, Robert Beal Jr., uh, now Drake Jackson. All of them have been dealing with hamstring injuries. You got big dudes. They build up their lower half, and then they go through these drills that uh, expect explosion and that push-off from their hamstrings. And a lot of the drills they do with the bend and the technique will definitely put strain on it. And you had Kalia Davis, who hasn't played football in well over a year. Yeah, he's had some practice when he came, you know, out there during the season where they opened up his practice window. Uh, but that's not enough to, enough to simulate football shape. So I always say these guys go out there and they get in great shape, and that's fantastic. But there's a difference between being in great shape and being in football shape, and that's what all these players have been doing through training camp. And I think that's one of the most important things to remember when you're kind of seeing some of these injuries. Um, and then, uh, right here we got David says, Ant, we are a slow burn team. Nobody wants to see us come January. I think that's been the norm. I think 2019, right. Was the difference where the 49ers came out and they won their first eight games and they're really on a roll. I think they want to have a better start this season, but you're right. You're all building it towards being the best possible team. You can be reaching your apex January, February. That's where you want to be. And so you're right. It's all working towards that. That's when you want to be a smooth, well-oiled machine, but you want to be more capable early on in the year because having an NFC Championship game in San Francisco has worked out for the 49ers in 2019, where in 2021 and 2022, they played on the road and didn't exactly have the best uh, you know, situation happen to them. So I think it's a, a one of those things you're right. You want to be at that apex in January, and that's exactly where they're headed. But also, you got to remember as well, you need to win games early on. And I think that's what the four years are trying to do, get out to an early start for sure. And the Sentinels 49er channel, what's up, the Sentinel, uh, says, can we sign some O-line? Every freaking signing is D-line. Well, part of the reason that you're not seeing the, the signings on, on the O-line is the 49ers aren't suffering any injuries at O-line. Uh, so they've been pretty healthy at the O-line, minus Jalen Moore. Everyone else has been healthy. Where D-line has been a little bit of an issue. And James says, is right tackle going to be a problem this year? I, I know Max Crosby's blowing things up, but he's an all-pro. If it's a carry-on like this, it's an injury waiting to happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really worried about uh, Colton McKivitz, to be honest with you. From everything I saw at practice, he was doing very good in pass protection. He was consistently winning reps against Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, uh, and Max Crosby, like you said, is one of the best to do it. And remember, these are one-on-one -on -one situations and also uh, situations where you're third and 15, but you don't scheme. Uh, Kyle Shanahan wants third and 15 situations, third and 12s right now. So they're working on certain skills and certain plays that they want to execute. But in the game, you never want those situations. Those are always tough situations for offensive linemen. So kind of understanding what they're doing at practice, you'll understand also the tough situation for Colton McKivitz, right? If you're third and 15, that's a non-win situation. 
for any offensive tackle in this league. Even Trent Williams, it makes it difficult. So I think that sometimes just knowing the situation is important, and that's some of the thing that they've been working on lately is those third and longs, and they've been able to convert on some of those. Kyle Shannon will take a lot of pressure off the offensive line with the run game, screen game, uh, but also just staying ahead of the sticks and making sure third and long doesn't happen. Those are good for all offensive linemen. So I, I think it's it's something to always monitor, but so far Colt McKivitz has done a really good job. Um, and Rich is asking any guess on who will be the punt returner now that Ray Ray's out. Uh, I think the leader in the clubhouse for me is Willie Sneed, uh, but I think that Ronnie Bell's in the mix, and I also think Deshaun Jameson's in the mix. But if I had to guess right now, I would say Willie Sneed ends up being the return guy for a while. And uh, hey, there you go. You know, maybe maybe it happens, uh, and maybe it doesn't. And, and what's up, Bobo, with the super chat? Really appreciate it. it. Says, do you believe we will win the Super Bowl this year? Because I do. I'm in. I'm in for a Super Bowl this year. I don't see the why there's any reason, Bobo, why the 49ers can't execute uh, to the level that they need to. They have the defense. They have the players. They have the offense. They have the weapons. As long as they can execute, and this is all 22 positions, execute at a high level, uh, then I think they can win more games than they lose, which is always a good thing. But uh, I think they can have a really good season. And all they want to do is put themselves in an opportunity to be able to get that you know, chance to win a Super Bowl. And I think they have the team to do it. They have to feel very high and optimistic on it. Uh, so thanks so much for the super chat, Bobo. I really appreciate it. And Josh says, Ant, who's your tight end depth chart for the 53? Who's not making the cut? So as of right now, and this is kind of what I've said since before training camp, I feel like the 49ers are going to keep four tight ends. I think they would have loved for it to be uh, a three tight end group with Kittle and the two rookies. I don't think that's going to materialize the way that Cameron Latu is growing within the offense right now, but I do think Latu could be a gamer. So let's see what happens in the preseason games. But as good as I've seen uh, Charlie Warner practice this, this year, the way he's been blocking, I think that the four years are going to elect to go with George Kittle, Charlie Warner as one, two in the tight end room, Brayden Willis three, and then keep Cameron Latu as the fourth tight end. And then they'll probably have him inactive for games early on in the year. So that's how I would think the, the tight end room looks right now. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's still some preseason games for this thing to play out. And it's like I've said before, all that has to happen is these guys just have to prove they're capable of understanding this offense. And they will move up pretty expeditiously, you know, because the 49ers want these young players to succeed. It helps the football team and helps sustain the window to be able to consistently win championships and what's up Debster says hope we can get that monkey off our backs and get past the NFC championship game uh, I'm gonna say it they're gonna be doing it this this year they're gonna do it and and Rob D says why is everyone shocked by Purdy throwing INTs he had lots of OS uh, throws last year that defense is missed on they're gonna happen we'll see what happens when they get into football games uh, practices I don't think anyone should be concerned about uh, quarterbacks throw interceptions in practice it's just the way it is uh the way that Kyle Shannon approaches attacking the middle of the field it's definitely more dangerous at times but we're talking about a guy Brock Purdy that if you would have extrapolated what he did last year over 17 games would have only turned over the ball seven times but you're right Rob there was other opportunities for more interceptions and he's got to try to limit those but I think anytime you have an offense that has the capabilities with the weapons the 49ers have 
you kind of expect those turnovers to somewhat go up as you're taking some chances. So it's one of those things where you're right. No one should be surprised that turnovers happen. Uh, I don't think it matters which quarterback. And we're probably going to get into the preseason game on Sunday, and we might see a turnover from Trey or Sam or you know a Brandon uh, Allen, and just don't really get worked up about it. Just let it happen. It'll be okay. Uh, things will be just fine, that's for sure. And Josh says, the linebacker room is one of the best rooms in the NFL, and we're going to be cutting gems at the position. You're right. Who it's going to be is the bigger question. I'm really curious to see who uh, are the starting linebackers out there. We know Fred and Dr- Fred and Dre's for sure out, but Fred's not going to play. I wonder if we'll get Oren Burks. I would guess we'll probably get Oren Burks out there with flanning and fouls uh, and pr- probably Marcelino McCurry ball for that starting unit. Uh, let's see what it looks like. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun, you know, to watch that linebacker room. And you're right. There's a lot of talent there uh, for sure. And James says Seahawks are sneaky good this year. Do we think Gino will be a problem for us this year, or is it just Eagles blocking us to the Super Bowl? I think anytime you have a divisional rival that continued to improve, that drafted well, uh, brought in a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba to help their offense uh, continue to build their running back room uh, with Charbonnet, even though he's hurt, uh, but also McIntosh as well, you got to think that they're going to be better. Uh, the key for the 49ers, though, win your division. You win your division, you have a good opportunity. So I think Seahawks do put up a little bit of a fight, uh, but I expect the 49ers to be able to handle them because when you look at the build of the teams, the 49ers offense is built to beat the Seattle Seahawks defense. I think that's going to be a problem for the Seahawks all year. Uh, the Seahawks are built for you know that press, that cover three, uh, big, tall, physical guys, Jamal Adams around the line of scrimmage. Uh, but they have matchup problems. You know, Jamal Adams trying to cover Christian McCaffrey, win 49ers. You know, if it's Bobby Wagner, it's definitely win. So there are certain types of things you can do to the Seahawks defense to take advantage. And I don't think they improved enough on the interior defensive line to be able to stop the 49ers run game. And I think that's their Achilles heel when the 49ers play them for sure. Well, guys, I'm going to be going on my way. Thank you guys so much for coming through and checking out the episode. I'm looking forward to the next one. If you haven't liked the video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, really appreciate all that. And if you're on audio platforms, I give it a five-star rating. Uh, Thank you guys all so much for coming through and checking out 49ers Cutback. I appreciate you all. Looking forward to more interaction in the future. Until the next one, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.